Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I want to start off with a Bible verse in, um, if I can, since I don't have my projector here, I'll just read it from my PDA. Um, it's Psalms 103, verses 2 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, that's a beautiful... Um, verses about God's interest in blessing us with so many in so many ways and I believe he wants to heal all our diseases as well don't you oh, yes. that's why we're here at this conference isn't it Amen. <clears throat> I want to share just a little bit of my path my professional path since leaving Loma Linda graduated from School of Dentistry in 1977 with also a degree in public health <clears throat> and um, because we owed too much money, $30,000 at that time, the General Conference would not send us to the mission field. So my wife and I decided we would find a mission field in our home conference, which is Arkansas, Louisiana. She was from Louisiana, grew up in New Orleans, and <clears throat> we met at Ozark Academy. And so we looked at the map, it was called a Dark County map back then, and found an area that had not been served. In fact, God led us to this area. It wasn't actually what we were looking for. But that's another story. <clears throat> and uh, we moved back to a little town of Amity. At that time, the population 515, I think it was. And uh, the Lord has blessed. It's been a marvelous experience of starting a scratch practice. We actually bought a lot and built an office. And I like to build things, so I helped the builders build the first six months after I graduated and um, <clears throat> opened the office in August of 1977. And uh, I practiced uh, pretty much traditional uh, dentistry, what I was taught during the first eight, nine years of, um, of practice. And um, however, things so once in a while just seemed to have some problems. I would have patients come back to me and say, you know, Doc, since I saw you last, I spent two days or three days in the hospital. I was really sick, and I think what you did caused it. Well, you know, of course, I was very defensive. No, no, what I did was perfect, you know. These, these are perfectly safe uh, fillings. But um, <clears throat> gradually, other things began to impact me, and I, I felt that I wanted to be open to the Lord's leading. And professionally, there was an article published in the uh, May 1984 Journal of Prosthetic Dentistry which I had subscribed to for many years and uh, have a whole eight-foot shelf of, of those magazines in American Dental Association journals. <clears throat> and, um, and I was really impressed with this, this study. It was done here in California by Dr. Eggleston. And he was comparing uh, mercury fillings with uh, doing T-lymphocyte tests. And he did a T-lymphocyte study and found out that uh, the percentage uh, of T lymphocytes with mercury fillings, a young lady, 26 year old, who had uh, about six fillings, I think, uh, all beautiful fillings. She had a T lymphocyte count of about 48. And he took the mercury fillings out, put in composites, and did another mercury uh, T lymphocyte test four months later and found the percentage was 73, and which is about a 30-40% increase. And then he put little tiny mercury fillings in the middle of those composites and um, four months later did another T lymphocyte test and it was almost exactly the way it was before, 47-48%. And so he took those out, restored the teeth with gold restorations, four months later did another uh, <clears throat> T lymphocyte test and it was back up area of 73, 72-73 again. And um, that had a real impa impact on me. You know T lymphocytes, that's a pretty important part of our immune system, isn't it? You physicians know more about that than I do. But I wondered, should I be placing something that has the potential of impairing someone's um, immune system? And um, then about this time, I had a patient with, who was disabled with muscle problems. And um, her, his mother, he was in his early 20s. And a few years before, I had placed four or five small occlusal amalgams in about four 
his, in his molars. And um, <clears throat> his mother had read something in a magazine somewhere and she thought his problems might be related to the mercury fillings. And of course I was real defensive, you know, standard of care, I don't have to do this, but I said, as a Christian, since you've asked me to, I will replace those fillings. And I did, and he recovered. And I thought, wow, that is, that is amazing. And then about this time, there were some little ladies in, at Weimar that um, had, um, <clears throat> I, I don't know, they had a burden. Somehow they learned that I was interested in, in mercury, and they sent me a paper with some Spirit of Prophecy quotes uh, about mercury. And I had no idea that there was anything in the Spirit of Prophecy about mercury. And, but sh statements like this in Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4, page 140, every poisonous preparation in the vegetable and mineral kingdoms taken into the system will leave its wretched influence, affecting the liver and lungs and deranging the system generally. Nor does the evil end here. Diseased, feeble infants are brought into the world to share this misery transmitted to them from their parents. And um, <clears throat> there's an, another statement I think we'll show a little bit later from the previous page talking about calomel. Well, um, <clears throat> with all of this kind of impacting upon me, I decided in May of 1985 that I would, um, I would stop using mercury. So I declared my practice a mercury-free practice. And of course, back then it was, uh, I never announced it publicly. I just stopped using it and began a learning experience that has been an exciting thing to keep up with the changes as each generation of composites and bonding agents and curing lights and all of these have come along. It's been a, a, a lot of fun to, uh, to see the progress and changes and improvements. <clears throat> and um, along the way, we have, I have uh, also <clears throat> learned what a biological dental practice is. A biological dentist is one who is concerned with the health and integrity of the oral cavity and its surrounding structures. This includes the use of materials and procedures that are systematically compatible. And um, <clears throat> again, uh, those early years I was not announcing or promoting or doing anything but just word got around and um, people began coming with all types of health problems and um, from not only the local area but from uh, many states around as well. Let's see, which one of these shall I be looking at? Is that one? Okay. And um, is this going to advance it? Okay. Up plus? Hmm? Okay. Okay. And you know, a text that has meant a lot to me, did I miss one? Oh, yes, uh, the principle of first do no harm. I'm sure the, everyone in California is familiar with that. Um, Proverbs 26.2 says, as the sparrow in her wandering, as the swallow in her flying, so the curse that is causeless alighteth not. And I'm convinced that every disease we have has a cause. You know, there are so many things if you, as you study pathology that are listed as no known cause and no known cure. Well, I object to that because I think almost everything that uh, we experience as physicians and dentists have, has a cause and we need to uh, be wise as serpents as we endeavor to find them. Well, some of the things I learned was uh, the connections about with electricity, that um, I had patients with muscle twitching and uh, uh, muscle spasms and itching of the face and so on. And uh, amazingly, that totally cleared up when the mercury fillings were removed. And I imagine, I'm quite sure that that is a result of the, the um, electricity that is produced by the um, uh, fillings. Uh, there are cases of hearing loss and tinnitus, ringing in the ears, that were eliminated by changing the mercury fillings. And uh, probably the most uh, surprising case was one of a pastor, we'll call him Pastor Ben, who uh, was actually pastoring a church in New York City, and he just about was to have a nervous breakdown, and um, <clears throat> he moved away from New York City, uh, left the ministry, bought a couple acres in, up in the mountains about 40 miles from where I practice, and built a little cabin, he and his wife, and a couple of adopted children, and um, <clears throat> he was trying to get his health back. 
Well, they came down and got acquainted with them, and they um, asked me to take his mercury fillings out, which I did. And a couple of months later, his wife was in the office for some care, and she happened to mention to me that, uh, you know, Ben hasn't had any uh, heart pains, chest pains, since you took his mercury fillings out. And I said, oh, really? I, you never told me anything about chest pains. And she said, yes, for 22 years he had angina-type pain. He had been to the Mayo Clinic, to specialists all around the country. No one could find any cause or source of that uh, pain in his chest. And the only connection I can uh, make is that the fillings, the electricity that was being gen generated by his fillings, and he had one really large one that was put in when he was a sophomore in college, I think, and it was right after that the pain began. But it was no doubt interfering with the, the vagus nerve, isn't that the nerve that innervates the heart, and um, <coughs> um, causing a sensation of, of this chest pain. <coughs> well, uh, as we look at the ingredients of a battery, we have a base metal, which is lead, precious metal, which is silver, electrolyte, sulfuric acid. And it so happens in the mouth, we have with mercury fillings the same thing, a base metal, which is mercury, and uh, precious metal, silver, and an ele electrolyte, saliva. And could it be that uh, we have batteries, we're carrying around batteries in our, in our, in our teeth? In fact, we used to have a little amalgameter, it was called. It was never approved by the FDA, but, uh, so I didn't charge people for using it. But we would test the electricity coming from each fillings, each of the fillings. And most of them were negative, sometimes they would be positive charges. But there was not an actual readout of, of what the level was. One day I had a mechanic in the chair, and we had taken his mercury fillings out, or were process of it, and I had checked his the electricity, and he had a, a little uh, ohmmeter, micrometer. micrometer in his pocket. He says, here, try it with this. And so we checked his fillings with that, and sure enough, we got the same proportions, different numbers, but his micrometer told what we were measuring, and it was microvolts. Whoa, we're measuring microvolts coming from these, electric fill these uh, amalgam fillings. And uh, <clears throat> later I learned that the body's electrical system works on what? Nanovolts. That's a thousand times less than microvolts. So we're talking about an electric current here that could be thousands of times more than the electrical system of the body. Let's see. <clears throat> said text here in Romans 11 or 13 11 to 13 and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly and um, this is maybe a little symbolic of casting off the works of darkness but I really think that the devil uses the, um, the effects of mercury fillings to his advantage in many, many ways, as we will see um, as we go on here. And I think a challenge is for us to, to walk honestly, to look openly at the evidence that, uh, that we have. I learned that um, allergies and headaches are often related to mercury fillings. In fact, uh, one of my patients, uh, we'll call him Tim, uh, wrote a little, a few paragraphs of his experience. And let me just explain, he had had some concern about his mercury fillings, and so he went to a dentist who took them out, Tim thought, and put in composites. But when he came to me a few years later, I took bite wing x-rays and saw there was some distinct little pieces of mercury still in the deep portions of those cavities and covered up with porcelain. And um, this is what he said, just want to let you know how much I appreciate you taking my amalgams out for me. <clears throat> I thought the other dentist had taken all, out, all ten of them out some time back, but he left a little bit in, in and put composite over it. I wondered why I was still tasting it all at, all at times because I was sure they were all out. That is until you did an x-ray on my teeth when I was just in for a checkup, and you discovered that I still had a little bit left below the composite on one. You weren't able to tell about the other nine until you worked on them. 
I was amazed that all nine teeth still had some left before, below the composite. I was suffering with headaches every day or for about two years. I thought it was allergies, so I was taking Claritin D to get rid of the headache. I couldn't understand why I was having these, what I thought to be allergies, even in the winter when nothing was pollinating, but as long as the allergy medicine worked, I guess. <clears throat> then an amazing thing happened. After you removed the amalgams, my headaches disappeared. It has been almost one year now, and I still haven't had any headaches. And not only that, but I rarely have to take any Claritin D, even in the midst of allergy season, because my congestion has really cleared up a lot. So the long and short is, I guess what appeared to be allergies, I now recognize to be those amalgams that are now out. When I went for allergy tests over the years, they always came up negative. I knew there must be some mistake because I had all the symptoms. That is until I had this work done. I will never regret spending what I did to get them out because it was well worth it. Again, thanks so much for recognizing that there was still some left and removing them for me. And. Um, this reminded me of a statement that we find in the Spirit of Prophecy that says, Mercury, calomel, and quinine have brought their amount of wretchedness, which the day of God will alone fully reveal. Preparations of mercury and calomel taken into the system ever retain their poisonous strength as long as there is a particle of it left in the system. <clears throat> Tim can certainly testify the validity of that statement. <clears throat> Well, there's another case, a um, lady that um, actually traveled more than 2,000 miles to see me and have this work done. <clears throat> the letter she wrote um, a couple of months after she returned home. She said, I have waited this long to write just to make sure the improvement in my health wasn't just a placebo, placebo effect or wishful thinking. As soon as I got home, I knew there was something very different. I had more energy than I've had in about six years. I've gotten more done in every day than I ever accomplished in a week. It's helped me really know I wasn't just being lazy. I really had no energy. The other things that are better are that I'm not as cold as I used to be. My husband said that when I sleep, I seem much more peaceful and don't toss and turn so much. But one thing that seems most interesting to me is that my respiration rate has been over 30 times a minute, and now it is as much more in a normal range of 12 to 16 times a minute. I guess I was literally starving for oxygen. And actually studies show that mercury competes with the oxygen uh, binding sites in, in the hemoglobin. <clears throat> My husband said that when I sleep, I seem much more peaceful. Let's see, I read that. I've had both Mike, my husband, and my mom listen to my breathing at night, and they both said they could never breathe that many times a minute. It made them tired just to try to match my breathing. I also have less anxiety. I guess I'd call it that. I just feel more comfortable in my own skin. My kids are happy to have mom back. I'm so glad I made the trip and am now mercury-free. My dad says he feels better, too. I had taken his mercury fillings out. He can keep going all day better than before. In fact, he's the patient that told me uh, about two days after I finished that he had had <clears throat> symptoms of depression for 30 years. Uh, this is a uh, lifelong Adventist. He was a retired elementary school teacher. Depression for 30 years, and he told me it was completely gone. Uh, just two days after we took his mercury out. Mom can't tell much yet. I'm sure it will take a while. At the minimum, it's worth it to just stop putting that load on her body. One, <clears throat> let's see. Um, yeah, that's probably most of all the pertinent things she says. Um, Thank you again for the work you did, and I praise God so much that I feel so much better so soon. So, a few experiences like this, you know, kind of gets you excited about going to work, uh, even in your old age. Um, we've had cases with uh, children with Crohn's disease that cleared up, just a few small fillings. I had a teenage boy that was taking allergy shots every week, and um, <clears throat> the week after his mother was in, after we finished his removing his few little occlusal pits, she said that <clears throat> from the time we finished taking those mercury fillings out, he could tell a difference. His sinuses began clearing up. He never took another allergy shot after that. 
it was it was just uh, so amazing and of course they were all very grateful for uh, for that improvement <clears throat> Isaiah 49:25 says for I will contend with him that contendeth with thee and I will save thy children I think God wants to save our children of course eternally is the uh, most important thing <clears throat> this is a video we're going to see just a few minutes of it that has been on the web probably for 10 years now, eight years, something like that. But let's see, do we have... So all murky silver fillings leak substantial amounts of mercury constantly. The amount increases with any kind of stimulation, and as a result, mercury from fillings produces the majority of human exposure to mercury. The International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology is extremely concerned about the anecdotal claims of safety by manufacturers and dental trade associations. There are with the published peer-reviewed scientific evidence to the contrary. The precautionary principle requires action once the possibility of harm exists. It does Can not require that? proof beyond a shadow of a doubt Can that in hear? the case of heavy metal and xenobiotic exposure is both nearly impossible and unnecessary. In our opinion, what you're seeing is mercury vapor coming off a 25-year-old silver amalgam film in an extracted tube. The background is a phosphorescent screen. The mercury vapor absorbs the fluorescent light, and you can see it as a shadow on the screen. This is mercury coming off a filling that was dipped in water that's the same temperature as the human body. This is a filling that was rubbed with a pencil eraser for just a few seconds. Like going to the hygienist and having her clean your teeth. These are not small amounts of mercury. If you can see it, it's more than 1,000 times higher than the Environmental Protection Agency will allow for the air that we breathe. What about the last time you went to the dentist and they drilled on your tooth? Here is the mercury vapor every time you raise the temperature to 110 degrees with hot coffee or warm water or even chewed on it. Mercury comes off fillings every time you stimulate them. And that simulation causes the mercury to continue to leak out of the fillings for an hour and a half at a minimum. Some people grind their teeth. Some people chew gum. The dentist might send an old gold crown to the dental lab to be welded. How about the dental personnel? They're not being given informed consent. Back in 1985, the International Academy of Oral Medicine Toxicology set out to determine the amount of mercury that was coming off fillings. And here's the graph. Showing substantial quantities of mercury were measured coming off fillings. And then we estimated the total dose. And then we began animal experiments and put radioactive fillings in sheep. Mercury accumulated in the jaw, stomach, liver, and kidney of the sheep in just 30 days. Substantial quantities of mercury spread from the fillings to every organ in that sheep's body. This should be of concern one for everyone. Then we measured that the sheep's kidneys dropped in their ability by 60% to clear inulin, an indication of kidney malfunction. Whole body imaging of monkeys found exactly the same thing. Proponents of amalgam fillings claim that sheep chew too much. Well, what's the problem with monkeys? They had mercury in their jaw, kidneys, liver, intestine, and heart. And further research found dystrophic bacteria that were antibiotic resistant cropped up in the intestines within two weeks of receiving these mercury-leaking fillings. Further studies have found damage to the ADP ribosylation of brain neuron proteins. In response to the controversy, well, I think that's as far as we'll go there. But um, <clears throat> that entire video is available at uh, the IAOMT's website and uh, IAOMT.org. Okay. So um, it's kind of impressive. It was a few years ago I first saw that video and it really you know, I'd been telling people for years that mercury was coming off their fillings, 
and when you can see it, it's much easier to believe that that is the case. Well, just a few slides here of um, <clears throat> basic science. Mercury is 50 to 54 uh, percent, amalgams are 50 to 54 percent mercury, and so they should be actually um, called mercury fillings instead of silver fillings as we were taught in school. And uh, because silver is 35 percent, and then you can see the other uh, ingredients there. We'll just quickly go through some of these um, basic things. Um, <clears throat> on mercury, it's very reactive. It vaporizes. The vaporization doubles every 10 degrees uh, centigrade above 10 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, I believe. Well, it vaporizes easily above 10 degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, <clears throat> so at body temperature it is well in that uh, vaporization area. Um, a few more things with the chemistry here, but the important thing here is that when mercury binds to an enzyme, the enzyme no longer functions. And many enzymes have sulfhydryl groups. Mercury will replace the sulfur and hydrogen, and so it totally inactivates that, um, that enzyme. <coughs> Um, the relative toxicity, mercury is more toxic than cadmium, uh, two types of arsenic, thallium, and lead as well. Um, the, this is the reason why that um, mercury causes so many symptoms, because it, um, it, is, it is so toxic and it affects nerve tissue. In fact, it is attracted more to nerve tissue than it is to other tissues in the body. And studies have actually shown how fast mercury travels along an, a neuron. And uh, it's, it's not very fast, but you know it's not very far from the teeth to the brain, is it? So uh, it's easy to see how it could affect so many things. <clears throat> I have here a list of, of symptoms that uh, I have patients sign, uh, check and see if they've had these symptoms in the past or are they having them in current, currently. And this is actually more than, this is like 130, 140 symptoms, but at least 120 symptoms have been definitely di uh, directly linked to mercury in uh, um, mercury toxi toxicity. And what we're talking about here is micro-mercury toxicity, micro level, small levels, but it builds up. It's a uh, retention toxicity symptom, uh, syndrome, where it builds up in the tissues. And many people live many years without noticing any symptoms but sooner or later it re crosses the threshold and people start having some of these um, many, many symptoms. <clears throat> um, it, as we mentioned, it's the most toxic non-radioactive element on the planet. And um, <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Well, we know we're in a uh, spiritual battle, don't we? That there's an awful lot of uh, uh, slight and cunning craftiness, and um, <clears throat> we want to not be deceived. We want to uh, know what is actually happening. And, and uh, as I have experienced uh, or seen the experience of so many patients recovering from these many bizarre things, it has uh, been an, an amazing um, thing to, to be a part of. One of the things that I learned as well over the years is that uh, patients love and demand a natural looking restoration. And the reason, one of the big reasons why less than 50% of dentists today are placing mercury fillings still is that their patients are asking for more natural looking aesthetic restorations. Um, and um, if you had a choice, would you want restorations like this in your mouth? As you look at the, uh, the gray color around the first molar there and the gap around that filling, we know from experience, and I'm sure every dentist here has, has seen these fillings, when you take them out, you find a lot of black sludge, cruddy stuff underneath it that um, is a combination of corrosion materials and decay and bacteria, and uh, it's not a pretty sight. Or would you rather have something like um, 
this uh, in its place. And of course, uh, the pro-amalgamists have made claims that composites cause problems and the bis-GMA can, you know, mess with women's uh, hormones and things, but so far the, there hasn't been any very definite um, effect of that and um, consequence of that. And when you compare the many ailments that mercury is related to, uh, this would certainly be my, my preference. There is, uh, um, there are some people, and if, uh, if, you, if you launch into a biological dental practice, you'll find that you attract a lot of people that may be on the fringes of what we might consider normal. They're having all these problems, and you'll find some people that are, classify themselves as universal reactors. You know, they can't tolerate anything, and before you, they'll let you put something in their mouth, they have to try it out, either on their skin or a little piece of filling in their mouth to see if they react to it. Anyway, that's, that's one area that um, you'll find is, is sometimes challenging, but there are ways of actually determining the biocompatibility of the fillings that you're placing, and, and many patients are willing to spend four to $600 to have these tests done to determine what fillings they can use and um, which ones they can't. One of the best sources of science, as we mentioned, is the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Their website there at the top is uh, iaomt.org. And um, <clears throat> there's another website that uh, you'll find very helpful. And this uh, dentist that has developed this uh, resource has just made it available in the last few weeks. His website is dentalwellnessforyou.com slant mercury slant ref dot html. And then uh, you'll need the username of mercury and the password references. And he has a, an entire uh, a library organized alphabetically according to symptoms and subjects. And, and it's just several hundred things. And you click on every one of those and you get a whole list of, of scientific studies of, that pertain to that subject. And um, <clears throat> it, you'll, you'll find that a tremendous resource. Uh, another website that has a few s things on it, we're just developing, is mercuryfreedentist.com. Um, <clears throat> Revelation 12:7. there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought in the dragon, against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. I think that this is one of the tools in the devil's armamentarium to uh, destroy the minds and bodies of people. And, um, as we see some of the things that mercury causes in terms of psychological and emotional, uh, like inability to make trivial decisions, <clears throat> inability to resolve doubts, inability to resist temptations, or perform intellectual tasks <clears throat> that have been documented scientifically, um, <clears throat> we, you know, I don't want to be involved in in lessening someone's ability to, to fight temptation or perceive the issues that they might be facing. I remember one patient who came to me, I had, he was a tr truck driver, and I hadn't seen him for a year and a half or so, and I had taken out the mercury fillings on one side of his mouth, and he came back with a toothache, and uh, he hadn't come back, and so we had to, had to pull a tooth. But <clears throat> as we were waiting for anesthesia, he says, Doc, I don't know what you did to me, but since I've been in here last, I haven't ha had as much anger as I used to have. And I don't get angry like I was. And he said, he, uh, he started to say, and I don't drink anymore. But he corrected himself. He says, I don't drink as much as I used to. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, and here we'd only taken out part of his fillings, and he could, he could tell a, a difference. And um, even though I had uh, mercury fillings in probably half of my life or more, I did not have any real distinct symptoms, except I know as, a, as um, a father, when my children were young, there are a lot of anger issues I had that, looking back, I can't explain. And maybe I can blame it on the mercury, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure my children were cherubs. <laughs> well, 
one other thing that I, one other story I want to tell that kind of caps off. I think we have time here, um, and I have some other slides here too. If some Udenis might be interested in some of the precautionary things that you'd need to uh, plan on and to protect yourself as well as the patients from additional mercury when you're removing them. But I want to tell the story of a um, <clears throat> Adventist fellow who came to me. He was a chaplain, hadn't been able to work for several years because of severe pain in his legs. And the doctors had diagnosed him with Parkinson's disease and congestive heart failure and one other th thing. <clears throat> and um, his wife, who was a registered nurse, she was sure it wasn't Parkinson's because she knew enough about that and it wasn't this and it wasn't that. And this is one of the characteristics of mercury toxicity. It's been called the great masquerader. In fact, I have another slide that uh, uh, describes it as that, but um, <clears throat> it, it, it often doesn't fit any one category. The symptoms don't, one category of disease, and so it's very confusing to physicians because, you know, someone may manifest a few symptoms of this disease and a few symptoms of that disease, and uh, so oftentimes it's, it's really hard to find a defin uh, definite uh, uh, diagnosis. But this man had called me several years before and we had talked about his symptoms and I said, well, you know, I can't promise anything, but I think it might be helpful to get the mercury out. Well, he had not done that. <clears throat> and so they called me about uh, probably two summers ago and they were kind of desperate. They said, we really, how soon could you get him in? We need to see, uh, we'd like you to see him right away. He's really having a lot of pain. And so we kind of rearranged our schedule for the next week and <clears throat> brought him in. And um, sometimes it's helpful when you have someone with a lot of work, you can kind of, you know, work on a lot of other patients, come back to this one, and you, it really helps your productivity. And, um, <clears throat> but we, we were responding to his desperation, actually. <clears throat> and um, so the first day he came in, he could just barely walk, and he said he had just gotten from the car to the chair by the strength of his willpower. He'd driven five or six hours to get to us. But um, <clears throat> anyway, um, and while we were working on him, his wife was massaging his legs, trying to relieve the pain, and just uh, uh, um, <clears throat> he was, his life was pretty much miserable. But um, the next, we removed one quadrant of fillings, as I recall, and the next day he was in the chair. We were getting set up to do uh, another quadrant, place rubber dam and all. And his wife was in the room, and she started telling me a story. And she said, um, Dr. Glacker, I want to tell you what happened. First of all, he slept better last night than he slept in months and months, which of course meant, meant that she had slept better too. And, um, <clears throat> but, and that was with just one quadrant removed. Anyway, she said um, <clears throat> um, that a week before, they were, uh, she was helping him walk through the house and suddenly he collapsed. And, she helped him down to the floor and, and called to him. He, he didn't respond. She checked his, his uh, breathing. He was not breathing. She checked his pulse. He had no pulse. She looked at his eyes and they were dilated. And uh, she knew he was dying right there in front of her. And um, <clears throat> the daughter was in the house who was also a registered nurse and somehow they revived him. And I, they never said he did, they did CPR. I think she just got excited and slapped him around a little bit and screamed and shouted or something anyway. He began breathing again, and they got him to the, called 911 and called him, got him to the hospital. And uh, he spent, I think, two to three days in the hospital with under observation. There wasn't anything the doctors knew they could do for him because, you know, they weren't sure of the diagnosis, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he was convinced that it was mercury that was killing him. And so uh, we, that week, took the rest of his mercury fillings out. And about two months later, <coughs> someone... Uh, from his church in Texas brought me a video that um, <clears throat> of he knew that she would be seeing me the next week so he, he had her take a video of him running across the church fellowship hall with no pain and he just wanted me to know how much better he was already. Well he recovered and was able to go back to work as a, as a chaplain <clears throat> and when you see experiences like that it makes you wonder if there's any good at all in mercury fillings. In fact, it convinces you that, that there is not. And um, <clears throat> uh, one of the things I would say to a dentist who may be interested in going mercury free, the first step to do is just start using a little device called the cleanup. 
and um, <clears throat> that's a little plastic device goes on the end of a high-speed suction and it fits over a tooth so it helps to collect much more of the mercury vapor that you're uh, removing and the IAOMT has scientific guidelines uh, that ex explain ways of taking it out without grinding as much, without making as much mercury vapor, um, chunking it out, grinding around the sides, getting it out in as large pieces as you can. Also we use a, a large vacuum system that goes right up under their chin that pulls the air away while you're working and scrubs it through a big charcoal filter so that not only the patient but the staff also are not, not getting a high dose of, of mercury. And there's a lot of other things, dozens of things, and um, <clears throat> uh, one dentist you might talk to will say, well, you got to do this, this, and this. Another one will say this, this, and this, you know. And, um, <clears throat> but there is enough science to know by using a Jerome Mercury Vapor Analyzer like OSHA uses in industry to determine um, <clears throat> the amount of mercury vapor in the air, you can determine, uh, you know, it has been shown what is effective and what is not. And I don't, uh, I don't try to do everything that is available. And, and uh, like one, some people say you need to use these big industrial masks, you know, the assistant and the dentist needs to use those to protect yourself. And um, <clears throat> that may be true, but with the air pulling away in this vacuum system, I don't think I'm getting much mercury. In fact, the studies show, you, you know, that pretty well takes care of it. And those big industrial masks, I can't see over very well, especially with my loops on. So, <laughs> so uh, that's one of the things I, I don't do. But, uh, and for those that are really sick, I use uh, rubber dam and that protects a little bit more, I think. But mercury vapor actually passes right through the rubber dam, so it's not a, you know, a fail-safe. It, it just will protect from the bigger chunks, but um, you can put a, s a small uh, saliva ejector behind that to <clears throat> pick up, clean the air behind. But, um, um, Can you actually measure that mercury going through that rubber dam with your, like they showed in the picture? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's been some studies. It shows it going through it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can you can evaluate the air behind the rubber dam with the, the nitrile the, rubber dams protect Yeah, nitrile do, do better, but have you ever tried to put on one of those? <laughs> they don't go through interproximal spaces very well. And there's an also um, a um, kind of like a Vaseline type thing that you can rub on the rubber dam that ha makes it less pervious to to mercury as well. This, another thing that I would encourage you to do is consider joining the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. In fact, they had their biannual meeting here in San Diego just last month, and uh, it's always, um, you know, amazing the science that is, is presented. Some of it's a little on the, on the fringes, as <laughs> we heard about this morning, but uh, it's a lot of it is way over my head, and <clears throat> at uh, with each session, they give you a, CD, a DVD that has the lecture, uh, um, a video of the lecture on one side of the screen and the PowerPoint on the other, and then another file that has all the PowerPoints of each of the presentations. And um, <clears throat> it's two days, Friday and Saturday. I attend on Fridays and uh, enjoy worshiping on Sabbath. But it's kind of nice because with that information, you know, a few weeks after the meeting, I'll have all the PowerPoint presentations as well as the videos of those that presented on, on Saturday. And um, so there's just a wealth of information there. Right now that organization has about 800 members. It's, there's some other um, mercury-free organizations, but this is the largest and I think is the most scientifically based. Um, organization that um, uh, that is that is out there. Well, there's a lot more we could cover, but um, I'm sure you have a few questions. Yes. How do you find a dentist in your area? How do you find a dentist? <clears throat> well, there's several um, websites that you can find mercury-free dentists. Um, one is the IAOMT has a search for a dentist. Uh, feature and the other, that third website there is um, mercuryfreedentists.com has um, about 150 or so dentists and um, <coughs> you can get contact information from them. Uh, yes? What relationship do people have in their diets when they eat a lot of this fish that has loaded with mercury? Is this the same 
symptoms as we would have from dental um, yes, in fact, the American Dental Association has said that um, the mercury from the fillings is inconsequential compared to the mercury from fish in the diet. And the studies show just the opposite. If you were to eat fish every day, you would uh, get one-sixth of the level of mercury that you do from just a few mercury fillings is in your mouth. It may be the same compound, I'm not sure. Now, one of the uh, compounds in, in fish is methylmercury, and that is supposedly 100 times more neurotoxic than elemental mercury. And if you've ever studied an interesting public health uh, incident that occurred back in the 50s in Minamata Bay, Japan, it's an interesting uh, and sad story of, of human uh, exposure to mercury from fish. There's an industry there dumping large amounts of mercury into the bay <clears throat> as a byproduct, and the fish were taking it in and methylating that mercury, and then the people were eating the fish, and they were dying of just bizarre things. I mean, and it took 10 years after they knew the cause of this problem before the government there was able to stop that industry from dumping that. that um. mm -hmm. You recommend some steps for detoxifying? Mm -hmm. Yes, there are a number of things, uh, and we've been kind of through a cycle of things. Um, at one time, the best way we knew was, was uh, chelation therapy, DMSA, DMPS, and that is still done uh, some, but I think it is, it is not, not the best because it dumps so much mercury into the system that before the body can pull it out that many people get very sick. They call it a healing crisis, but if I were experiencing it, I still wouldn't. Uh, be too thrilled with it. And there are a few things. Um, <clears throat> there's one product called NDF, nanodized detoxification factors. Uh, I think the company that produces that is BioRay. You can Google that. Um, there's a product that, in my estimation from the research I've seen, is probably even better than anything we've had called OSR, but that was just taken off the market about three or four weeks ago by the FDA. And um, it, they, at one of the AOMT meetings, there was a physician there, and uh, I was just reviewing some of his slides uh, a few days ago, that uh, had done some of the research uh, before they marketed this product. And they were showing amazing improvements in people with dementia and Alzheimer's disease and recovery, actual reversal of autism from uh, this OSR product. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if there's any. Supplement. It was sold as a supplement, right? The FDA is saying it's it's actually a drug, mm -hmm. but what it was doing was increasing the glutathione levels in the body, and <clears throat> most of you know probably glutathione is a, is this most powerful antioxidant that we have. It's involved in so many cellular functions, every cell of our body, and uh, most people today, if you do a glutathione le a test, you'll find them deficient in glutathione. And mercury, glutathione binds mercury and pulls it out of the system, but it takes two molecules of glutathione to every molecule of mercury. So it's, um, if you have mercury in your system, you're definitely going to have glutathione deficiency. But, and so anything that will enhance that will uh, really <coughs> improve your health. Yes? Have you seen any improvement in people who complain of fibromyalgia? Not any real dramatic cases, but um, I think it, if, especially if you can catch it early on in the disease process, I think it might uh, help. But some of these diseases, I think, once they reach a point, you know, they're, they can't be reversed. Anything. Uh, Carlos? Uh, usually the sensitivity is improved. Their immune system recovers, you know, sometimes it's dramatic, sometimes it's, you know, it may take six months or, or a year. Oh, you mean sensitivity to the teeth themselves, to temperature and chewing pressure? Oh, um, not more. I think 
you know, I, I used mercury fillings for eight or nine years, and I think I had more complaints about sensitivity using mercury fillings than I did with composites. And early on, the bonding agents we had seemed to be more, you know, caustic. But in in my practice, I haven't had too much um, uh, problem with that, and I think it, it's less than what I experienced before. Yes. Yeah, the last few years have been using the one-step, you know, bonding agent where we don't etch um, with a strong acid like we did. Yes. <coughs> but, um, yes. Yeah, aside from the mercury, do, are you seeing any issues with um, use of other dissimilar metals like your non-precious metal crowns and golds or getting any galvanic reactions? <coughs> well, there's always going to be some potential for metal reactions when you have dissimilar metals in the mouth. And there's such a s wide spectrum of different metals used in, in crowns. Um, <coughs> I don't know that I can think of anything specific. It's just that nowadays more of my patients, even in rural Arkansas, are wanting no metal restorations. So I have only done porcelain fused to metal crowns maybe five or six where it was a space, you know, interocclusal space problem, but almost everything is, is all porcelain nowadays, and, and um, it's much nicer aesthetically, and I think probably has, l you know, plays less havoc on the electrical system in the body without the mercury, uh, without the metal. Mm -hmm. And even labs nowadays are advertising more and more, you know, non-metal things. So. Well, I think our time is up. Thank you for your patience. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen, Adventist Medical Evangelism Network. If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.